I was at my father's church. He's listening right now. And I was helping one of his coworkers in the church in a wheelchair. It's an older lady, about 85 years old. And I'm helping in the wheelchair and I pop my sternum and clavicle. So I separate it. And I have no idea what's going on. But I knew that something happened within my body. After that, I went and had x-rays and scans and things like that, specifically through the emergency room. And they said, you're totally fine. Just put ice on it, put a sling on it, but you're fine. But I had a nudge. There was something inside of me that said, that's not just it, Alex. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mind Valley podcast. Today's episode is on recovery from cancer. Now, before we begin, let me just add a caveat. What you're going to hear here is one man's story of how he brought seven practices into his life that helped him overcome and recover from stage four cancer. Mm. This man happens to be a friend of mine. And I felt this conversation is so beautiful, inspiring, and important that I had to bring him, Alex Eccles, onto the Mind Valley podcast. Now, I first bumped into Alex at Burning Man. It was 2014. So believe it or not, back then in 2014 in Burning Man, Mind Valley had a camp. It was called Camp Awesomeness. And it was run by several Mind Valley students who had connected and met around with each other in Mind Valley events like A-Fest around the world. And so these students came together and created a Burning Man camp. And they invited me to come and spend 10 days at Burning Man with them. It was an incredible experience. And one of the people I got to know on the camp was Alex Eccles a young entrepreneur from the south side of Chicago. And Alex's vibe and his beautiful smile really, really impressed me. I then lost touch with Alex. Fast forward last year, when the middle of the pandemic, I just relocated to Estonia and I get a message from Alex. He said, hey, I'm in Estonia. I uh, met this Estonian girl. I now have an Estonian girlfriend. I'm going to be coming up to Tallinn. Would you like to meet up? And so we had dinner. And Alex told me his incredible story. And I was so touched, I almost had tears in my eyes. And I said, Alex, you know, I think a lot of people are going to really benefit from listening to how you were close to your deathbed. I mean, you thought this was going to be the end, but you took everything you'd learned in personal growth, you cultivated seven habits, and you were able to make your cancer go into spontaneous remission. And this is where we are today. So Alex, welcome to the Mind Valley podcast. Hey, Vishen, thank you so much for that beautiful welcome and introduction. Just want to give you my gratitude and Mind Valley for everything that you've helped me on my journey along the way. And I just want to take a moment to express my just deep presencing for those who are joining us today. I see in the chat that there are a lot of individuals who have been impacted and touched by cancer in some way in their life, whether they have gone through it or they've lost like their father or their mother or some loved one within their life and some people who are going through it right now. So Vision, it's my desire today just to share more of my story, to talk about it on a multi-modality, multi-level perspective of mind, body, spirit, mental, physical, everything, just so I can be of value to at least a few people who are listening to us right now. Because 
if I had not started the research that was necessary in my own life, I don't know if I would be here today to be able to even have this conversation. So thank you. Amazing. Amazing. So Alex, first tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, what you do, what was in your life and what got disrupted when the diagnosis mm-hmm. hit? Okay. So I'm originally from Southside Chicago. I'm sure people hear about the news all the time over the last years, especially before the pandemic. And I'll tell you what, even though I had a challenging sort of upbringing as far as what existed in my neighborhood growing up, I did have a very supportive and loving support system. You know, starting with my mother and my father, my sister being in a nuclear family, like they always had my back and they always loved me, supported me. And I had a lot of people within the neighborhood and throughout my communities that did the same exact thing. But it was like this sort of balance between all of this love, all of this support that I was getting from my loved ones and also the other, which is the path that I think a lot of young men and sometimes young women do choose to follow or subconsciously choose to follow growing up in inner city like the South Side of Chicago. And so for me, I had the decision that I want to go, you know, take the road that was more frequently traveled. Did I want to take the road less traveled, you know, similar to the book? And I decided through a lot of support, through a lot of mentoring, through a lot of tough love sometimes from my parents that I was going to take the road less traveled. And Vision, this is what put me on the trajectory of becoming like a global citizen, going to Italy and living there straight from the South Side of Chicago at the age of 17. This is what put me on the trajectory to studying under like Jarek Robbins and Tony Robbins, which then ultimately led me to finding Mind Valley through a friend, Andrew Gottlieb. And he said that, you know, there's this thing called Awesomeness Fest that's happening in Bali. I think we should go. It looks kind of quirky. It looks like it's our people. So let's definitely make sure that we go. And that is, I would have to say, where I dramatically started to put myself on like an accelerated path with my personal growth, because there were so many helpful modalities, so many different helpful programs from Mind Valley back then that were just helping me a lot. And I'll be honest with you, I got to a point probably around my mid-20s, 25, 26, where everything was amazing in my life, vision, like work was great, had the love of my life, Maria, money was great, like everything, living in Miami, Maria and I were going to be moving from Miami to Los Angeles. And here's the question that came up for me, because I started to see this a lot. And in my times when I was sitting, I would ask myself, you know what, I don't know how I'm going to see multiple decades to come by living this sort of just really passive lifestyle that I'm living right now, because I was that comfortable within my life. You mean you had like passive income streams and so on? Is that what you mean by comfortable? Exactly. You've made it. You've created a life where you could travel, where you could sit in your butt. Money was just coming in. So firstly, kudos for that. But you felt a push that you needed to get uncomfortable again. Actually, I didn't because, you know, I stayed in that space of thinking like, well, how am I going to like survive? How am I going to get through the next few decades if I'm not doing anything with my time? Oh, okay. I would say that I didn't necessarily, and this is a topic that we can get into a bit later as well, but I I wouldn't necessarily that I had purpose or anything that was driving me or anything that was pulling me forward in my life at that time. It was just simply, it was what it was. And for me, that's when a few months later, when I started to go through this challenging episode of my life, right? Like I was at my father's church, he's listening right now. And I was helping one of his co-workers in the church in a wheelchair. It's an older lady, about 85 years old, and I'm helping in the wheelchair and I pop my sternum and clavicle. So I separate it and I have no idea what's going on. 
but I knew that something happened within my body. And Vishen, let me tell you this. After that, I went and had x-rays and scans and things like that, specifically through the emergency room. And they said, you're totally fine. Just put ice on it, put a sling on it, but you're fine. But I had a nudge. There was something inside of me that said, that's not just it, Alex. You may want to go and get this checked out further. So I listened to that internal voice, something that I call the inner guidance wow. system. I listened to that voice and I went and one blood test turned into three blood tests, three blood tests turned into 12 blood tests, biopsies and the whole gamut. And then before I knew it, looping back to Burning Man, right? I was two days away from flying to Burning Man. And the doctor said, I have unfortunate news for you. You have late stage lymphoma and we need to get started as soon as possible. Let me tell you what I said, though, or what I asked. I was like, okay, doctor, so does this mean I can't go to Burning Man in two days? Because I really, I'm really looking forward to it. I want to have some fun <laughs> Wait, with my friends. Was this, was this Burning Man 2014? No, this by then would have been Burning Man 2017. Okay, okay, got it. 2014 Burning Man is when I bumped into you. 2017, okay, wow. That was three and a half years ago. Okay, continue. Yeah, so two days before getting on the plane, the doctor said no. There's absolutely no way that you can go to Burning Man because you have an enlarged spleen right now. And if you were to jump and fall off of something, your spleen can rupture and you can die on the spot. So then that's when I understood the gravity of the situation. And we said, okay, we have to start treatments next Monday. And in that space, I had to go and get my sperm frozen. I had to go do all the things that I had never thought about ever having to do as a young man in my 20s. Wow. And I had to do it now. Wow. How old were you when you were diagnosed with, with 29 cancer? years old. That's insane. So tell us what happened then. Because I remember when we sat down in a cafe, I remember it was La Roca. It was an Italian restaurant in Tallinn. We sat down, we had a glass of wine. I had no idea what you'd gone through. But I remember you actually put tears in my eyes. You told me about the reckoning you had to go through. And then the realization. So let's talk about that. And then let's go into the seven principles that you brought into your life that helped you fully recover. Well, first off, when I look at the reckoning, it was me right after New Year's 2017. So going into 2018, and I had this immense pain in my flank and my, my left back. And it was to the point where I was taking some of the medicines and the drugs that they give people to like really reduce the amount of stress and pain in their bodies, like some of the highest doses. And I was given them by my doctor. And even though I would take it within an hour or two, I would be in immense pain again and had no idea what was going on. So finally, because the pain was just going through my body, reverberating through my body so much, we decided to call an ambulance. And in the ambulance, we went to the doctor. And at this time, I was going through a like a, a city hospital. And it took a while for them to actually even get me to the bed. But when they got me on the bed, they started to ask me, like, do you want morphine for the pain? Do you want fentanyl? Like all of these very strong drugs start like helping me to relax even more. And Vision, within the next 24 hours, studies and results started to come back from different scans that I had a growth, a new tumor that was growing right near my spine. And that is what was causing me so much pain in my lower back was that the growth, the tumor was pressing against my spine. And if we hadn't done anything, they said that, Alex, you may no longer be able to walk. You may be paralyzed forever. Wow. 
And so in that moment, like for me, that was a massive reckoning because one, I started to identify, okay, something's not working here based on the decisions that I've made thus far. Another one is, am I happy with my care team right now? Which I think when we're in it can be a challenging question to ask yourself because, you know, between that space of if you say no and I want to find somebody else, there's a space of unfamiliarity and uncertainty, right? And for me, I decided that I wanted to change things up. It's like the Albert Einstein quote of doing the same thing over and over and over again, but expecting a different result. I wanted a different, complete different results and set of results because while I was in the hospital during that time, it was after I had gone through my first full round of chemotherapy and it ultimately failed. So I needed to change something. What were the seven changes that you brought to your life? The reason that I decided to really do all of this research and create these seven changes and find them within my life is because when I first started out, Vision, on my very first sort of conversation uh, around chemotherapy with the doctor, I asked, what should I eat? And the Mm -hmm. doctor said, you can eat whatever you want, just as long as it's not raw. And the unfortunate thing about this is that that information is just not true. Because even if as healthy human beings, we should have diets that promote our growth, promote, you know, cellular health, everything. And at that time, I was eating my feelings away so much. So every two weeks of the chemotherapy, I would go to this place called Brown Sugar Bakery, which is like three, four blocks away from my house in the south side of Chicago. And there were like these massive slices of cake. And you knew I had a you knew I had a pound of butter and a pound of sugar in it. So like as far as the dopamine flushes and everything that was happening in my body, absolutely loved it. But when I started to do my research by reading a book called Radical Remission by Kelly Turner and Anti-Cancer by David Schrieber, I started to notice that there was a common thread through it that sugar is not good, especially when you have cancer. Because the cancer cells, the thing that they eat on the quickest and the most is the sugar, like glycogen throughout your body. And here's the thing about it. I realized this. This is when my eyes opened to it is when I went to have my PET scan in December, right before this incident in the hospital, this experience in the hospital. And I asked them, what is that stuff that you're injecting into me? They call it radioactive dye. But when I started doing my research vision, I realized and discovered that it was radioactive sugar. So that just leads me to my very first point. Right. The very first thing that I decided to do, because I did all my research, started to read and everything, as I said, anti-cancer for people who are asking in, in the chat and also radical remission. And one of them was getting your diet to a point where you're naturally supporting yourself on a cellular level. Right. So things that we kind of learn about in school, about the food pyramid and the importance of eating your veggies and the importance of making sure that you have a healthy diet. So I decided to upgrade my food choices. Me personally, we went to a 90%, 95% plant-based full lifestyle for about two years straight. And we had the privilege of buying organic groceries as well. And I say the privilege because I know a lot of people, they may not have that opportunity. Yeah. By the way, thank you for acknowledging that not everyone would have that opportunity, right? So the first thing you did, the first pillar of your transformation was moving to a plant-based diet for two years, fully organic and no sugar. Yeah. Let's give some 
time for people to write that down because this is super important. Now, I want you guys to know, for those of you who are looking to overcome sugar, so I'm just completely off sugar. I just have no cravings, no desire for sugar. But I used to be addicted to sugar. Now, there is a program on Mindvalley called Seven Days to Giving Up Sugar. It's included as part of All Access, Mindvalley's membership. So if you're a Mindvalley member, take seven days to giving up sugar. And in seven days, Eric Edmeads, who is a nutrition expert and one of the foremost behavioral change experts in the world, will rejig your brain so sugar is not even an issue. Okay. And so that will help you dramatically cut down sugar. We hear incredible stories about that program. So it's called Seven Days to Giving Up Sugar by Eric Edmeads. It's part of Mind Valley membership. So that's pillar number one. Alex, let's go on to pillar number two. Yeah, Vision, thank you. And I just want to um, just give some presence. I'm seeing everybody's comments coming through the chat. And I just want to let you know that I see you and any questions that you may have at the end, I'm definitely here to answer them. So pillar number two, Vision, was something that has become very much a trend now, which is fasting. All right. And everything I'm going to go through as far as pillars, I'm going to tell you why I decided to do it as well, which I think is equally important, right? Because I started to do the research behind fasting and in it, it said, once we get through this state of ketosis, so for women, there's this state of ketosis that we get into, women get into it after 48 hours, men tend to get into it after 72 hours. And it's when the body stops looking for new food to feed on and it starts going into the glycogen stores. So the sugars, what we were just talking about with those, what's found in a lot of the foods that we eat these days. And Vishen, you talk about a lot of like the different foods that you like, the companies that you are really trying to bring attention and awareness to as well. And Vishen, what I learned through this is that past the state of ketosis is something that is called apoptosis. And apoptosis is the natural cell death and natural regenerative cycle of the cell. And when we go through fasting, especially over a multi-day process, then we're able to start putting ourselves into that space of apoptosis. It's spelled A-P-O-P-T-O-S-I-S. And what this allows us to do, or I could say it allowed me to do, I started to test and have my blood markers being tested when I was doing my fasting and when I was not doing my fasting. And I saw personally, and I want to reiterate, this is my personal story, that when I would go in and get my white blood count done, my white blood count and my neutrophils would be higher because I had given Mm -hmm. myself this space to go through this cycle of fasting. Now, let me say, it's not easy. It's not fun not to have food for sometimes five days in the week. But it is something that I've seen that has been dramatically helpful in my life. So that's the pillar number two. Okay, now let's talk about fasting. And I'm bringing up the name of a book I want to recommend for people who want to study fasting. The book is called Fast This Way by Dave Asprey. Dave Asprey, dear friend of mine, book is called Fast This Way. It currently is number five on Amazon across all books. Full title is Fast This Way, Burn Fat, Heal Inflammation, and Eat Like the High-Performing Human You Were Meant to Be. Okay, Fast This Way by Dave Asprey. Now, those of you who are Mind Valley members, really great news. Our new program on intermittent fasting will be released on Mind Valley sometime in the next six months. It's currently in post production. It is by Ronan Diego, who is a health and fitness expert, the same guy behind the 10X program. Ronan is one of those genius minds that can take a wide variety of health science and turn it into a day by day behavioral modification plan 
where you instantly get results and make the teaching super entertaining so it sticks to you. So Mind Valley's Intermittent Fasting Program will be made available for all of you guys this year. Okay. Now, Alex, when you were fasting, could you give us more details? How many hours were you fasting and how many times per week? I see some questions coming up as well, and I just want to connect these and tie these in a bit. Yeah. I did fasting once a week, generally on a Saturday and Sunday, and I did those for around 36 hours. So that's fasting for the okay. full day and stopping your food the night before after dinner and not eating until breakfast or until lunchtime the day after. So that that's a pretty so that extended was, fast. That extended fast was what, 12 hours, 14? 36 but every night you would stop eating at dinner, then you would not eat till the next breakfast, right? How many hours was that? So when we look at the sort of intermittent fasting setup, there's a 16-8 that I would follow sometimes. That's what I do now. That's what I follow on a day-to-day -day mm -hmm. basis. But when I was trying to do fasting for an extended period, I would stop eating after dinner on like, let's say Friday night, and I wouldn't eat again until like lunchtime Sunday. So it would be past 36 ah, hours. But that Okay, so every Friday you would stop eating after dinner. You would not eat at all on Saturday, except exactly. for water and coffee, I presume, right? And then you would eat again on Sunday. So that's one form of a fast. I know Dave Asprey, in my conversation with him, he also advocates for a two to three day a week fast, which would be roughly 14 to 16 hours, which means you might stop eating dinner at 7 p.m., and you would not eat again till lunch the very next day. So I do that. I sometimes stop eating at around 9 p.m. Then I don't have my next meal till 2 p.m. the next day. I do that about once a week. But what you're talking about is an extended fast. So how long was it before you put your cancer in full spontaneous remission, Alex? Was it one year or two years? It was about a year and a half to two years. So about and 18 months to 24 months. Now, were you doing a 36-hour fast every week in this 18 to 24 months? I was doing about, yes, every week. And I also did once a quarter. So once every 90 days, I did a five or seven day water fast as well. Because if you remember, wow, going okay. past those yeah. 72 hours of getting into the state of ketosis, where it starts eating the sugars and everything, you go into the apoptosis, where you start getting into cellular regeneration. And this is just based right, on a right, lot of right. research, a lot of studies that I was doing at the time. And as I mentioned, like, I'll, I'll tell you this, Maria and I, she's listening right now. We absolutely love food. Everybody who knows me as a friend knows that I love <laughs> eating. I've food. had dinner with you. Yeah. I know you love food. <laughs> so this was a challenge. But then again, my life was on the line. I was willing to do whatever to have yeah. that different result. That, dude, I love that statement. My life was on the line. I was willing to do whatever to have that different result. Wow. If you've enjoyed this podcast, consider joining Mind Valley All Access. Now you can sign up to Mind Valley All Access and unlock every Mind Valley program instantly. Get access to transformation from all of the world's best minds in everything from parenting to biohacking to mind, body, spirit, entrepreneurship, work productivity. Learn from the likes of Ben Greenfield, Jim Quick, Shafali Sabari, Stephen Kotler, and more. All available to you for less than $2 a day. Simply visit mindvalley.com forward slash now. That's mindvalley.com forward slash N-O-W. And you'll be surprised to see that Mindvalley All Access now comes with advanced technologies to completely transform your learning, your networks, and your human connections, including our new private social network for students, Connections by Mindvalley, 
and our Altered State Inducement app, Ombana, which complements our regular training with Altered State methodologies to transform you at a subconscious level. Check it all out on mindvalley.com forward slash N-O-W. Mindvalley.com forward slash now. Let's go on to pillar number three. So pillar number three is something called hydrotherapy. And hydrotherapy is something that I think a lot of us tend to get when we are past our 45, 50 years old, when we start getting colonoscopies, right? And hydrotherapy is something that I discovered originally through this research from a guy that created something called Gerson's Therapy. And he released a report in like 1959 of how he helped people reach spontaneous remission through alternative treatments. Now, I want to say this. I believe in science. Therefore, I believe in modern medicine and I believe in the alternative medicine. I believe in the the symbiosis Mm -hmm. and the coherence of both. All right. Beautifully said. Yeah. So I really believe in that. And so I just wanted to, to share that because one of the things that I learned while researching the Gerson's therapy is that a few of the different components of it was the plant-based diet, the organic foods. But another part was something called coffee enemas and hydrotherapy. And this is when we essentially push water or coffee into our enemas, into our digestive tracts in order to expunge the waste and the toxins out of it. And I can tell you that through the hundreds that I did of hydrotherapy and also coffee enemas, it helped me tremendously vision. And the reason I say that is because I could feel in the moment how much lighter I felt in those moments as well. And the thing that is unique about coffee enemas, for those who may want to go and research it a bit more, and I recommend everything that I'm saying, go research it more for yourself. Another one was something within the coffee enema, when it's inside of your intestinal lining, glutathione starts to being produced. And this is an antioxidant that is naturally stored in our bodies, but it gets released and more abundant in larger amounts. And this reduces oxidative stress. And oxidative stress, when we reduce it, that means that we give ourselves more power to continue to generate at the vibration and at the level that they should technically be vibrating at and operating. This is what I'd love to ask. Do you really think we need hydrotherapy or could we take a supplement? Because glutathione supplements are very, very popular at this point. My personal opinion is both once again. And the reason I say that is because when you're doing the coffee enema, when you're doing the hydrotherapy, you're literally expelling all of that stuff out of you. So the mass, the bowel, the sort of breakup, the buildup that you've had for a lot of us, 30 years within us, the coffee and the water pushes it all out. And then after that, the glutathione, it has more way. It has more room to do. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Now let's go on to pillar number four. So pillar number four was talk therapy slash release therapy, because something that I realized for myself is I never wanted to see what I was going through as a battle. And I never wanted to see myself as a patient. And as soon as I have talk therapy or writing therapy or some sort of release therapy, my shadows become in the light. So what I give light to are no longer in the shadows. And for me, that's Mm -hmm. something that I wanted to overcome without a doubt, because I never understood why people call it a battle. I've had a lot of people who passed away (laughs) in my life from cancer, but the cancer exists within us. So if I were to call it a battle that is raging on in my body, then I am ultimately fighting myself. 
And that's not something that I wanted to do. So I saw myself from the very beginning as one, an informed patient, but not impatient at all. I was somebody who was going to overcome cancer by doing whatever was necessary for myself. And this is with the help of amazing doctors. This is with the help of my family, Maria, my mom, my father, and all the people who were there for me, all of it. So you said talk therapy. Give us an idea. What does that like? So talk therapy, psychotherapeutic therapy, talking with a clinical psychologist, talking with a clinical psychotherapist, like talking to somebody so that it does not stay here, stay within. I see. So finding a counselor, finding a therapist, a trained coach that you can talk to. That's it. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Let's go on to pillar number five. So number five is meditation. And this is something that I know, Vision, that you're a huge proponent for. And meditation, what I have found it to do for me, meditation slash mindfulness, is being able to be in the space of embodying what comes up. It's this sort of spirit of equanimity. You know, it's the attainment and the non-attainment. It's the humility and the confidence. It's being able to be in the middle of that sweet spot and being able to embody what is coming up for us. And so for me, doing my meditation, becoming more mindful, developing my emotional intelligence was such a tremendous thing for me because as I mentioned, I never wanted to see it as a battle and I never wanted to see myself as a patient. But you would think that me going through a cancer journey for a year and a half, there sometimes had to come up when I was like, I don't know if I'm going to win this battle. I don't know if I'm going to win this. Maybe I'm nothing more than a patient. You know, that limiting self-talk that is very valid because life is on the line. Challenges sometimes seem to get insurmountable. And at times, Vision, you just speaking from my experience, I did have a few times when I did not know if I was going to make it because I was starting to give up on myself. Let's do a summary of what we've covered so far. First one is giving up sugar. The second item was fasting, okay? 36 hours, Friday, Friday post-dinner to Sunday lunch. What was item number three? It was hydrotherapy, was it? Yes. And then four was talk therapy. And hydrotherapy, you were suggesting coffee enemas. So there's coffee enemas if you want to do at home. And if you have a hydrotherapy clinic that you can go to in your city, I recommend that as well. But I recommend both. But also, once again, it's important to do research. Got it. And number five is meditation. Was there a particular meditation protocol that you were using? So for me, I was doing mindful meditation. At that time, people were telling me over and over and over again, you need to read this book by Dr. Joe Dispenza. You need to read this book by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And Vishen, this is something we're going to get into as one of the later pillars. But at that time, I had heard of Dr. Joe, but I didn't really know what he was about. But someone sent me the meditation. And so I started doing that. Mm -hmm. I started to bring mindfulness You know, when we bring up this sort of presencing of equanimity, this being able to hold the contrast, being able to be in that sweet spot, the mindful meditation brings light to what it is that we are attempting to hold. Beautiful. And I have a surprise for all of you. I've spoken to Dr. Joe Dispenza and I've arranged for him to provide two meditations for you. Just go to mindvalley.com forward slash Joe, J-O-E. If you go to mindvalley.com forward slash Joe, you will see we have added two meditations from Dr. Joe Dispenza. Lovely guy. I asked him for this and he obliged. One is called Laying Down with Gratitude. And the second one is called Immunity to Fear. Okay, 
mindvalley.com forward slash Joe. Alex, please continue. So the sixth pillar is sacred plant medicine. Vision. I think it's something that you are aware that I have been a proponent of. Now we can see when we're looking at the trades, when we're looking at the trends and what's becoming more and more common these days is psilocybin-assisted therapy, MDMA-assisted therapy for PTSD, for challenges, everything that's been coming up. Prost, you said sacred plant medicine. You mentioned psilocybin. What else did you use? MDMA-assisted PTSD therapy as well. And Julio... He asked the question of ayahuasca. That is another one, but it wasn't until after I gone through my experience, Julio. Awesome. So if you had to, because this is where it can get a little bit difficult, right? Because for example, Bianca, who's one of our community managers, and she's on pretty much every podcast running our community conversations. She's in Romania. She was telling me that an ayahuasca instructor just got arrested in jail for 10 years in Romania because the government doesn't freaking understand what ayahuasca is. So in countries where this might be illegal or dangerous, could you give us an idea of how did you seek these therapies? Did you have to travel somewhere? Is there a particular shaman or an institution that you went to? So for me, Vishen, I have been doing sacred plant medicine before I, I was diagnosed with cancer. During the time there was, of my actual cancer journey, we discovered somebody who was administering PTSD-assisted therapies with MDMA, but also with psilocybin and also with a compound called 5-MeO-DMT. And that Mm -hmm. is one of the active compounds that's found within ayahuasca. And for me, it was through a family slash friends community that I was able to find this person. And just for the sake of privacy. I don't want to go into the name and where they're from and all of that. But what I will say, this is the reason why I decided to do it, because I like to study things from the different angles. And the reason that I decided to really start sitting and using sacred plant medicine vision is because I started to see the neuroplasticity evidence and research, and more importantly, the neuroscience research behind it. When we do, you know, ingest something like psilocybin or MDMA, what it does is it releases and relaxes some part of our brain's regions in our head, right? And when we're able, imagine yourself, if you were to contract in your body right now, you were to ball up your fists, scrunch up your arms and your muscles and everything, and then breathe it in and then just relax and let it all go. It's a similar process that happens in the brain and in the body when we take sacred plant medicine, because Some regions are relaxed, which allow other things to flow. And a lot of times people, when talking about ayahuasca or DMT or one of these compounds, that generally it's because the stuff that we have been subconsciously keeping up as blocks, these medicines push them down, they relax them, they lower the resistance and they fall away. And then the medicine is able to go in and do its work. I understand like in some places throughout the world that is completely illegal. And, you know, once again, for me, and I can only speak from my, my experience, Vision, my life was on the line. I was willing to do whatever. Now, Alex, how frequently are you experimenting with plant medicine in this 24 months? Two times throughout the 24 months. So one time per year. Got it. So it's not something you do every month. No, because one of the important things behind it is the importance of allowing integration. It's the same thing when we do talk therapy, right? Like it doesn't really benefit too much 
if you just have therapy every single day. It's important to be able to be in a space where you have integration, where you're able to sit, you know, going back into this mindfulness, into this meditation, being able to sit back and sit with what's coming up for you because it's in that space where we're able to see, okay, this is working for me. This is not working for me. Delete. This is working. I want to keep this. And it's something that just I found has been very beneficial. Amazing. And guys, this is such a valuable list. As you can see, this this podcast is delivering so much like specific content. I'm putting all of this on insights.mindvalley.com. If you're a Mindvalley member, Insights, it's a brain exchange tool. It's where our members share notes. They share knowledge with each other. So if you guys go to insights.mindvalley.com, as soon as this podcast is ready, all the notes will be ready, will be available for you. You can save it, comment it. You can add your own notes. And if anyone else is writing notes on this, you'll find it on insights.mindvalley.com. Okay? So the very final one, which is my first question is, is it easy? Not necessarily. But is it something that we can use as a thread throughout our lives? Yes. And it's something that for me, it just was a continuous thread throughout my entire journey. And this is, one, the power of affirmations. But more importantly, it's the power of gratitude. And this is something that I've actually started to do science on myself because in a few years, I want to really, I want to write a memoir of my cancer journey, but also talk about the science of gratitude. Because going back to neuroscience, which I'm an absolute nerd for right now, Vision, there is this topic of neuroplasticity. And neuroplasticity is this idea that our brains are not fixed, even as adults. So us believing that as 50-year-olds, we can no longer learn something, do something, or be something, it's just not accurate. Neuroplasticity shows that if we are willing to disrupt the patterns, disrupt the habits that are going on within our life, then we can reprogram them within our lives. And this is something that came up a lot when I started listening to Dr. Joe's meditations and listening to his talks. You know, people were telling me, you should check out this guy. But I had no idea that I was doing my mental rehearsal before I even knew what it was about. All right, Vision. And the thing about Mm -hmm. gratitude is this. Gratitude does not discriminate. Gratitude only expands. Gratitude is something that is, if we were to bring in the law of resonance, what we vibrate out is what we receive back in. And so even when I was going through this challenging, challenging time of my life, Similar to how people do improv, it's yes and, right? Even though you may come to the end of that improv session, it's yes and. And so even during that challenging episode, and many of them, when I was in the hospital and they said that you may not be able to walk again, we need to get you into all of these therapies ASAP. I was like, all right, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it. Yes and. I'm so grateful for everything that I do have in my life, having my mom here, having my dad here, having Maria here. Like the gratitude was something that I use at all times because I would just want to give a quick metaphor on why this is so important from a neuroscientific perspective, right? And if we imagine that in our brains, we have all of these different sort of wiring that's just going all in our head and imagine that it is a, a field that you're walking through for the very first time. Obviously, the field that you've been plowing through for the last 30 years, you're going to see that those are the easiest ways to go down in your life. And that, a lot of times, is the subconscious that is working. Now, the thing about Mm -hmm. neuroplasticity, the thing about being able to disrupt the actual thinking and the emoting 
that is happening within our body is imagining that you are deciding, and it takes conscious decision and choice, Vision. You're deciding to take the plow into a new direction, and you're just going back and forth, re, re, reimagining, redoing that habit over and over and over again. And before you know it, you have rewired a new neural pathway within your brain that instead of going for the refined sugar that we may find and some right. of these you know, crappy foods, we go for the piece of fruit instead. How were you practicing? So you said you were practicing gratitude. What would you call point number seven? Power of gratitude? Call, exactly, the power of gratitude. And in a specific process and exercise that I would take myself through every single day, morning and night, is what I call the three-by-three three method vision. And it's giving gratitude for the three things that you're already grateful for in your life. Whatever may have happened in the last 24 hours, the last hour, the last week, whenever is the last time you did it. And then also three things that you would be grateful for if they came true that day. So this is the beautiful thing behind the mental rehearsal and Dr. Joe's camp is this sort of idea that in the quantum space, and yeah, I'm going there <laughs> because there's so much research that's coming out about the quantum space and quanta, so, quantopia and all so, that as well. So you were doing the three by three method. The first part is giving gratitude for three things in the past few days. Yes. And the second one was giving gratitude for three things three you would things like to see happen. Like. Did I get that right? Exactly. That you would like to come true that day. And here's the thing about mm -hmm. the law of resonance. Here's the thing about gratitude. Just imagine that your gratitude is a magnet. And the more that we're able to actually give off, the more that we're able to emit out, the more that we're able to vibrate and heighten our sort of vibrational frequency, the more we're able to attract in like or kind back to it, just like a magnet. Mm. And here's the beautiful thing about gratitude. We could call it appreciation. And if we were to look at this from basic mathematics, Within anything that's an appreciative model or appreciative item, appreciative anything, it always grows in its kind, right? And it's the same thing that we can do with gratitude because that, for me, what I learned was a thread that did not stop every single day. Even when I was in three weeks in the hospital and I had a bone marrow transplant, right. I still was giving gratitude throughout the day. So the first thing is giving gratitude for three things in the past few days. Next is giving gratitude for three things you would like to come true that day. What is the third one? Yeah, so three things that you'd be grateful for that already happened and three things that you'd be grateful for if they happen. That's really it because I look at them as bookmarks. Oh, that's it. Okay. You know, like bookends. Got it. So if I'm doing three it at the very three. beginning of it. Exactly. Now. Right. So if I'm doing it at the beginning of the day and I'm doing it at the end of the day, I'm essentially creating this embodiment, this container of being able to, once again, as we talked about earlier, being in that sweet spot of the neutrality. Because I tell you what, cancer ain't easy. Cancer is bleeping hard. And I don't know if I could have cursed, yeah. but it is bleeping hard, man. And so I just want to bring presence to that. Like nothing was easy about my journey. Because I want to bring presence to those who have people who are going through the challenge right now, those who have their like family's lives, those who have their own lives, being impacted by cancer. Cancer freaking sucks. But you are freaking awesome. And this is such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much, Alex. Mm -hmm. So what I've done is I've created a note, an insight with everything Alex said. If you go to insights.mindvalley.com, <laughs> you will see everything is ready for you guys. So don't worry about having to write all of this down. Now, if any of you feel I missed out something and you want to contribute to the note, just comment below the note so that we have this list, okay? Now, feel free to share this list 
with your loved ones who might need this message. Alex, likewise, you can go to insights.mindvalley.com. You'll be able to see the note. What I'd love for you to do, Alex, is because you're also a Mindvalley member, just create an account on Insights. It's a new feature we've launched. And take my notes and paste them in your account as a new note and feel free to add any nuance that I forgot. So many people are going to appreciate this. Vishen Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body? your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.